Welcome to the Good Boys Collective, the show where we talk about culture, discuss theology, learn new perspectives, and grow in Christ. Each one of us has a unique voice, a unique perspective, and we want to use our voices for good. We're the Good Lion Interns, and you're listening to the Good Voice Collective. This is Holly. In a recent conversation with our intern group, we kind of were throwing around some different ideas and questions. And one thing that we threw out there was just the fact that the world is changing so much. And each of us have had a different moment that kind of defined that change for us, that kind of made us realize how much the world is changing. So for me, I would say, obviously, there was the whole quarantining situation for me. I really realized the impact that COVID-19 had had on my world when I traveled home from California to England. I've never seen LA airport that empty. And it really made me think this is the kind of change that, this is the kind of change that is affecting the very structure of how we travel around the world. It's affecting global movement in a way that not much else has in a long while. It's creating a culture where it's not easy to get from place to place. It's not as normal to travel to different countries as it was for for so long. I think travel is one of those industries that has grown and grown and grown and grown. And now to see it kind of regressing is quite impactful. It makes me feel like I'm in a post-apocalyptic sci-fi book or something like that, you know? Yeah, for me, everything seemed to change really, really quickly, kind of over the course of one weekend. Church got, at least in-person church, got canceled. Our classes got moved from in-person to online. My job, the coffee shop that I work at, closed up. And kind of like you were saying, Holly, I think when it really hit me was when I realized that I was going to be going home. I'd been talking to my parents just for a couple of days about the possibility that everything might be shutting down, that quarantine would be happening. I think it was like Monday or Tuesday after that weekend. It was kind of like a do it now or get stuck in Southern California. So yeah, like we booked the tickets one night and I was flying home the next day. I think my realization was definitely similar to Kai's and Holly's. Everything happened so quickly. One Friday we were talking at school about how there was nothing to worry about and that classes were going to continue as planned. But by the start of the next school week, it had progressed so much that we had to move online. And I think that was a shock for everybody. There were no proper goodbyes. All of a sudden, a ton of my friends were hopping on planes and heading home. Yeah, not getting to say proper goodbyes, that was so hard as well. That was a moment, you know, you can't you can't uh, keep up with 70 other students or, you know, whatever we had, 60, 60 other students easily. And so it was really hard to kind of have to just let that go. You know, no graduation in person. I miss everybody still. Yeah, it's it's insane. That was a huge, huge shift for me. I work at a coffee shop and there's so many new guidelines and requirements, especially because my coffee shop is in the middle of a bunch of medical offices. You know, every time I go into work, I have to have my temperature checked and all the customers do too. So that, 
it's it's insane that we're living in the middle of a pandemic and that was definitely something that we had to get used to but it's almost weirder that that's our everyday life now What do you guys feel like the balance is between as Christians having fear and then having faith? When it comes to COVID-19, should we just look at this virus like, you know what, we're all going to go to heaven when we die. Like God's going to protect us. It's all going to be okay. Everyone just needs to chill and stop freaking out. Let's just, you know, go about our lives and not change anything because God's in control. Should we have that level of faith? Or should we have a level of faith that's maybe somewhere lower than that? Or should we allow ourselves to engage with our fear? Should we allow ourselves to be afraid when the Bible says things like, do not be afraid or do not be anxious? Should we deny our fear? Should we tell people we're not afraid when maybe we actually are? What do you guys think is a way that Christians can wrestle through their fear in this moment, but still have a tremendous amount of faith? And then I think another follow-up question would be, when it comes to the non-Christian world, how should we communicate the faith that we have in a way that makes sense to people who aren't Christians? What do you guys think? Aaron, those are all fantastic questions. I want to touch really quickly on what you said about what view should Christians have in regards to faith and fear? What's the balance? How much faith do we need to have? How much fear is healthy? And, you know, I think healthy is a funny word to describe fear, but I think it's true. But perfect love casts out all fear, which is something that we all know from being raised in the church and going to Bible studies. And it's been the beaten path, you know, but I think that that is the balance. I think that we need to love Jesus with our whole heart and not allow ourselves to be afraid, but also recognize that God created us to have our own fear sensors and be like, okay, that is dangerous. That is not safe. So we need to have spiritual discernment to decide what we can do for our physical bodies that we need to be honoring him with. That's good. Shavi, what do you think? I liked what Nia said about those fear sensors that God has created us with those fear sensors. Because I've been reading this book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And in the book, he says, like, sometimes as Christians, we've been taught to just ignore those bad or negative feelings, such as fear, anger, sadness. And sometimes in a way we can use kind of like Bible verses that say, like, do not be anxious for anything or do not fear. Kind of a sort of imagine a rug and then you just kind of like sweep your feelings under it, you know, and just pretend they're not there, but they're still there. So I think it's important to during this time to not neglect like what we are feeling, those anxious thoughts or sadness, whatever it is, but like take them to God, you know, acknowledge them before God. I think that that's an important thing to do and not just ignore them. And I don't think we're doing any service to the world the people around us or the world that doesn't know Christ, if we just pretend like, oh, like as Christians, we don't have to be afraid of anything. I think that's such a good point, Shavi. And I think that as Christians, we're not, our goal is not to show people that we don't feel fear. I think what we want to convey is that we have somewhere to turn in our fear. 
because fear is a valid emotion and it's a human emotion but what what we have is a god who we can cast our fears on and cast our anxieties on and we can trust him because he's bigger than our fear and we know that he can take care of us and he knows that we we have this he has this situation under control even though we can't see an outcome short term like when we become christian it doesn't mean that we become immune to the things that happen in this world like all of a sudden like we don't feel them or they don't face us like we still experience it we're still humans on this earth but i think being a christian gives us you know like a different perspective it gives us hope and i mean that's what that's when faith comes in i think so good corey we know where to turn to in our fear I guess what I wanted to highlight on, on this topic of, of fear versus faith in the age of COVID was being that churches are, are open now just doesn't necessarily mean that we have to show up. You know, it's like if you're not showing up on Sunday morning to your church, you don't have faith. Yeah, man, that's a good point. I feel like for so many Christians, our internal litmus test of how good or bad our faith is, is tied up for better or for worse in things like how often we read the Bible or how often we attend church. And when it comes to church attendance, this is a whole new season for the church. We're having to learn what it looks like to be a Christ follower without physically going to this place every week. For a lot of people, it's causing them to to have to face the reality of like, man, is, is my faith real in the sense that if church goes away, if I can't physically go to that building every week, do I still have the same faith? I think the aspect of faith now in this age that we're dealing with is um, really trying to see God's heart through this and really getting an understanding of what he wants to do through us as believers and us as a whole, but us individually as well. I think there's a misunderstanding uh, between those two of like, Faith meaning you have to go outside and do something or, you know, not listen to what the government's saying. I think faith and in, in the aspect that we um, need to look at it is really seeing what God is trying to do through it and trusting in him, believing that his way is the best way. Yeah, kind of piggybacking off of what Adam was saying, we see in Acts 5.29, that we must obey God rather than man. However, I don't believe that discounts having dissent in regards to our health. And the Bible also does say that our bodies are a temple and that we need to worship him with everything, mind, soul, body, and spirit. Whether or not you believe in wearing masks or not, this is something that has been put in place by governing officials, which we're reminded in Romans 13.1 that we are subject to. There is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. And that really convicted me. Yeah, that's convicted me too and a lot of other people in ministry. It's hard because... We want to meet physically. I know for me and my wife, we're a part of a church plant and we want to physically be there with people as much as possible, but it's been hard between what the government has said at times and then even our own fears of possibly catching the virus and spreading it to others has really made it hard for us to attend and be a part of this church plant and at the level that we want to be, which is really, really discouraging. I think that for a lot of Christians, we're caught in this really anxious space 
between feeling like we want to trust the government, but also having a lot of doubts about the government, sometimes fueled by our friends posting very anti-government things on social media. But really, we're just trying to get through this thing. We're just trying to stay alive. We're just trying to be okay and come out this the other side and and be a fully functioning society and a fully functioning church. And that's been a real struggle for a lot of people. There's a lot of anxiety there. And I think it's caused morale to dip for a lot of people. I think that's so important in, you know, when we're talking about fear and we're talking about anxiety during this season, because it's morale is something that's very important about that. And it's something that's I think should be talked about more. We should have a heart for people because people are afraid. And it's our job as Christians, you know, to show the love of Christ to them and to show them the peace of Christ that we have. And I think that's something, I think that's something that's really important is just keeping up, keeping up spirit. Fear is the real plague at this point. We might be living through a pandemic, but fear is a reason why Costco has run out of toilet paper and people are completely overstocking on food like we've run out of resources, but we haven't. With regards to fear and faith in this situation, I think that the Bible is pretty clear when it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So... We can have confidence in this situation, even though it's <laughs> that terrible word that keeps being used, quote unquote, unprecedented. We can have security in that because we know that we belong to the Lord and he's not going to let anything happen to us that's not redeemable and that's not out and that's not in his will. So we don't have to be afraid because we know that the Lord is our shepherd and we know who our God is. And at the same time, we can be really considerate of other people and we can put them first because that's what God does. He puts other people first. He's humble, he's kind and loving. And so we're called not to be anxious, worried or fearful. And we are called to be generous and servants of others. I love what you said about that, Holly, that we don't have to be afraid because we serve a God who is good to us. cultural moment is masks. How are you guys feeling about the whole mask situation? Whatever beliefs you might have about wearing masks, as someone who's young and doesn't have a compromised immune system, this virus isn't as much of a threat to me. But out of respect for my elders and the people around me that might be uncomfortable, I wear one. I wear one to ensure their peace of mind, which I feel like is just as important to think about as well. I agree with you, Naya. I think this is this is the reason I've been wearing a mask as well, because 
I don't feel very threatened by the virus, even if I do, even if I do get it, I don't think it will be very harmful to me. And I don't really know if a mask does anything for protection, but I, I do know that I can do what I can to help people, help put people in, in at peace of mind. I love what you guys are saying about kindness and keeping up the morale of the community. This idea of like, I'm doing something that might be inconvenient for me, but it's out of consideration for others. I I think that's great. I think that's so aligned with the ethic of Jesus. So here's a question for you guys. I know that a lot of people right now have a lot of opinions on masks and other elements of COVID. And I know that there's people out there who think that masks are our best bet to defeat the virus. I know there's also people out there who think that masks are pointless and useless. And there's people who are in between those two views. So I guess my question would be on the flip side, when it comes to just the age of social media, people communicating on social media, their opinions on things or their ideas about here are the best ways to fight the virus. Here's the best ways to practically operate in the world right now. A lot of times the communication style can be very aggressive. And I've seen a lot of people who are feeling shamed on social media for maybe having a different point of view on, say, masks. Maybe there's someone who, you know, that they don't want to wear a mask. And a lot of times the way people are addressing these people can be very harsh or the other way around. I've seen some people who don't want to wear masks and they're shaming other people. They're, they're shaming the people who are wearing masks and saying, oh, you guys are just being a bunch of sheep and listening to whatever the government tells you. And you're not thinking for yourself. So yeah. What, what do you guys think? What's a good Christian way to balance communicating something that you believe to be true, but still doing it in a way that honors the other person? I love all of this so much. Aaron, that's really funny that you bring that up because I've seen so many posts on social media from both sides that are just aggressive. And I found that it's really hard to know what the balance is and how to communicate things in a day and age where cancel culture is at its peak and we don't know what's going on. Everything is so uncertain and just filled with fear, which going back to what Holly was saying is really what the plague is at this point. We're living in a pandemic, but fear is the reason why Costco has run out of toilet paper and people are just going crazy buying canned goods and all these extra things that we don't need need to do as a community but the most cliche thing but the best thing that we could do is pray and be in our words and understand where Christ's heart would be when we are communicating our beliefs to other people and it's such a basic idea but it's something that we have to keep going back to or else the world is just going to be chaos that's so good Naya And honestly, sometimes the most cliche things can be the most true things. When it comes to, you know, the masks, I think it really comes down to being a good witness, you know, being respectful to what the government is encouraging us to do. And as believers, I think it's important that we're being a good example, you know, not really being rebellious when it comes to what medical professionals are saying and, and whatnot. But that's what's been on my heart lately. It's just really... How are we representing Jesus, no matter what we may think personally? But yeah, I think it really comes down to just being a good witness, you know, representing Jesus in a respectful way. 
Yeah, well said, Adam. That's really good. We represent Jesus. And so biblically, it's good for us as Christians to do all things without grumbling or complaining and to submit to the authorities, even if maybe we don't fully agree with what they're calling us to submit to. Definitely a good word for a very challenging moment we find ourselves in. Okay, this this conversation has reminded me of a verse that really sticks out to me in the Bible. It's in Matthew 10, Matthew 10, 16, when he, when Jesus tells his disciples to be as cunning as serpents, but as harmless as doves. And I feel like that fits really well into our situation as well, because we have to be, we're called to be wise and we're called to use the discernment God has given us. And we have to be careful and considerate of others. And we can, of course, we can stand up for what we believe is right, but we're not here to stir up trouble. We're here to be peacemakers. We're called to be peacemakers. Jesus himself was a peacemaker and we're following in his footsteps. So I think it's so important that we have a mind for others during this time, not just for our own protection and our own health, but have a mind for others and how we can help others because we're following in Jesus's footsteps. Here's probably the most frustrating thing to me is it's all so politicized right now. Uh, The way I've seen it kind of framed is, you know, if you're more conservative, you don't wear a mask. And if you're more liberal, you do wear a mask. And I just think that's so silly that we've turned it into a political thing. You know, I've seen some people say, oh, if you're wearing a mask, you know, it's a sign of weakness. Like you're, you're just this sheep. And somehow going around not wearing a mask has been turned into this beacon of I am somebody who thinks for myself and I'm a critical thinker and I don't listen to what anyone tells me to do and, you know, just good old fashioned American freedom. So there's the people who are saying, yeah, you're just buying what the government says. You're just being a sheep. But then I also have seen people look down on people who aren't wearing masks and just saying basically like you are the ones responsible for killing us all. It's your fault. And I just think that's such an extreme dichotomy. Like personally, I hate it so much. You know, my, my mindset kind of leans towards, I do think masks help. I don't think they're probably going to be the thing that saves us, but I think at least they help. And I think that, you know, if people are afraid, if I can help people not be afraid just a little bit, if I can make them a little bit more comfortable, if I can make them a little bit more safe, especially if there are people like my wife who struggles with anxiety She has relatives and family members who are either very old or vulnerable to COVID. I mean, you know, her mom has an autoimmune disease. So if she caught it, it would be very bad for her. I I, I just think there's people who are like my wife walking around nervous and afraid of catching this thing or passing it on to others. I mean, literally uh, just over the past two weeks, uh, I've had a friend reach out to me and say, hey, someone in my family caught this. Someone at my job caught this please pray for them. And people are afraid. So, so if I could, if I could do something as I go to the grocery store or pick up my mail, or as I go to church, that makes people feel a little safer and a little bit more comfortable to me, that's worth it. And I think that's being loving. I I think that's being kind. And I think that's reflecting the heart of Jesus to love others. 
Is there a place to question what the government is doing? Sure. I, I don't always trust the government. The government can be often very sketchy. <laughs> but I think that in this moment, everyone is really just trying their best to get through something that we've never gotten through before. So as a Christian, for me, I think the more I can do to bring unity to people and the more I can do to be a peacemaker and the less I can do to be divisive, the less I can do to get people to question each other and question each other's motives and hearts, the more I can do to get people to strive for unity, the better. I, I think in this moment, we need to stand for peace and fight for peace and to avoid division, to avoid shaming one another, and really to just do our best to love people in this moment. Aaron, that is a great point to bring up. What you're saying about how everyone is arguing and maybe not bringing things up in the most positive and loving way. As a church, we need to see that the world is in chaos. The world is struggling right now. The world is rioting and it's so uncertain and unclear what we can do next because they're relying on themselves. So I think the best thing we can do as a church is be the sanctuary, be a safe place of prayer and kindness and love. And I think the best way to achieve that is to be in our words and to be praying and having a stable relationship with the Lord so we know what to do because we don't know what's coming next. No matter what kind of picture that social media is painting for us or the arguing or the hatred right now, but we need to know where our line is and how to walk on it. Something that I've been thinking a lot about, and it's something that you mentioned, Erin, but these people on social media who are, you know, there are so many different opinions out there and they are being kind of thrown at you very aggressively. And what I've been pondering recently is just the fact that everything in our culture right now is so me versus the world. It's my opinion is right which automatically makes every other opinion wrong. It's it's something that it really bothers me because it's it creates such division in our society. And I think we as Christians need to stand up against that mentality. We can't be, I am right and everyone else is wrong because we know that the only one who knows everything and who understands every opinion from each side is God. We don't, we're in our finite knowledge. We don't know what's going on. And I think it's so silly to be forcing our opinions on other people. Yeah, Corey, going back to what you said earlier about us being in the, you know, minority of opinion and um, especially as believers, you know, I think we're automatically at a disadvantage when it comes to debating certain things, you know, like it says in the Bible, you're going to be persecuted for my name's sake, you know, and, and I'm definitely seeing that now. It's like with every little thing that's coming about, you know, nobody wants to hear the Christian's point of view, you know, and it's, it's really hard to to kind of talk about these certain issues. And I, I think if we do it with grace and we do it, you know, respectfully and, and we, you know, adhere to the, the laws and adhere to what the medical professionals are saying, I really think it builds a form of trust, you know, to people who don't believe in what we believe. So I think that's huge. Just being respectful to what other people think or to what other people feel about this whole virus too. So I think that really build a, a form of, of trust, you know, and a, a mutual connection between the two. So I was talking to one of my non-Christian friends about this recently, and I heard a really interesting perspective from him. So I, f I feel like 
so often for those of us who are in the Christian bubble, the only perspectives we're hearing are Christian perspectives. And then if we're hearing secular perspectives, it's usually like something we see on the media, which is usually the extreme version of the secular perspective. But I was talking to a non-Christian friend of mine, a good friend, and I ended up asking him, what what do you think about the church's response to COVID, you know, like from what you've seen of Christians? And he was really, really honest. He was like, oh man, you know, I, I've been really troubled by it because most of the Christians that I see on Facebook or Instagram posting about COVID are usually posting about how they either believe that they shouldn't have to wear masks or how they don't think that their church needs to stay closed down how they want to, you know, open their churches back up or how they're annoyed at the government or how they don't want to listen to the government, that they don't want to obey the government and they really just want things to go back to normal for them. And then, you know, I'm, I'm listening to him and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've definitely seen that. And then what he said was, man, Aaron, it's really discouraging because I know that these Christians believe if they die, they're going to go to heaven. But if I die, they believe I'm going to go to hell. And if that's the case, they don't seem very concerned about spreading a virus that could kill people or kill me. And I understand why they're not afraid to die because they're going to go to heaven in their minds. But what about people like me? You know, there's tons of people like me who don't believe in God. And, and technically, if what Christians believe is true... Like if we die from this virus, we're going to die and go to hell. And it's just, it's just really concerning that Christians don't seem very concerned about something that could kill a lot of people. Like they don't seem concerned about something that could spread and kill a large part of the population. And that's just super troubling to me. And yeah, he, he said, you know, it was something that was hurtful. And, and I, when I was listening to him, I was like, man, I've, I've never thought about it from that perspective. And I was just like, dude, that's really interesting. And, you know, I don't think I've seen any posts on Facebook from Christians saying like, guys, you know, we, we have the hope of heaven. Like if, if we die, you know, we know we're going to heaven and we know we're going to be fine, but there's so many people out there who don't know Jesus. That's been super troubling to me personally. I have not seen in this current climate, a lot of talk of evangelism right now. The focus is on politics. It's on the here and now. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of concern for so many people who are lost and need Jesus. And, and not only that, but they're lost in the middle of a global pandemic where people are dying. So, man, it's 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 a good point he's making. And I understand why he's making it. And man, I, I just, I am glad I have non-Christian friends that I can talk to because I want to understand what they're thinking and, and how they perceive things. And I think we just need more compassion for people who don't know Christ in this moment because man, we have this hope. And instead of doing things that are self-centered and, and focused on our own freedom and liberty and, and, and that's, the way that people see Christians as, man, they just care about their freedom and liberty. I think we need to shift to focusing on how can we bring hope, not just to ourselves, but to the lost and dying world that needs Jesus. I think that's important right now. 
Dude, that is so good. I've been been thinking about that recently too, especially with like churches reopening. I mean, I've been hearing pastors saying like, you know, if this wave hits us again, like we're still going to remain open. You know, it's, it's our right to do that. And I understand that, you know, like I understand that, you know, we're, we're supposed to have faith, you know, going into this pandemic. But I, I also think there's a level of, like I was mentioning earlier, respect for others that maybe don't agree with what we're doing. Um, and there's a fine line of like, doing what God is telling us to do and, and trusting in him and, and abiding by the law and abiding by scripture. But there's also a fine line where you can totally like take someone off, you know, and like, I think once you do that, you erase all level of evangelism. You erase, you know, in order to evangelize somebody, like I mentioned earlier, there has to be respect. You know, there has to be some form of understanding between who you're sharing with. And I think if you just go buck wild and like kind of just do whatever you want I think you lose that you know and it's so important to make sure we understand the hearts of those who don't believe what we believe you know in order to evangelize to them yeah Adam I agree it's so important to see things from a different perspective I mean how can we reach lost people if we don't understand the perspective of lost people We're just going to be judging them based on our assumptions of what their perspectives are and not their actual perspectives. Yeah, that perspective. I never would have like that never would have crossed my mind. I think as a church, we we just focus or we just think like the government shutting us down or not being able to sing. We just take it as like a personal attack on the church. It's just kind of like trying to silence our voice as a church. But yeah, it's interesting what the world around us, like the message they're getting from our reactions. You know, I was on staff at a church for a long time. I'm not currently on staff at a church. I do ministry independently right now, but as someone who used to work at a church, I can totally understand the frustration of church staff right now. I mean, like when you work at a church, your life kind of revolves around what happens at the church. You know, you're constantly dreaming up new and engaging ways to reach people, to put on services that bless people and help people to connect with God and to put on worship services that help people to praise God. You're building community. You're organizing people to come together in community groups and just impact their city and their world. And you're doing missions trips. You're often involved with charity and the city you live in. And yeah, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where it's, it's gotta be so hard for church staff people to have things shaken up the way they are and to not allow people in the building and have everything spread out and to do stuff over zoom and Skype and some of these other tools. It's, it's gotta be so hard and so draining. I mean, even I myself have been using a lot of these methods of technology and it's really hard to do ministry this way. It's really, really draining. So I understand the frustration that a lot of churches are feeling right now. I've, I've worked at a church before too. And yeah, it's interesting. Like once you, when you're in it, like that's like your main focus and you're always doing different events and pushing the next thing and trying to bring people into the church. Like that's kind of like your world and your bubble. So that's true. Like if it's been shaken up, then you're just kind of feel like what's going on and I'm trying to save it. Yeah, I think that's exactly how people feel. They're trying to save it. And it's hard. I mean, to feel like, you know, the government is saying we don't want your churches 
to meet or, you know, even some of the hypocrisy from the media saying when we have these massive protests, which I think are totally warranted. The reasons for the protests that we've been having about racial problems in America are definitely warranted. But to have these protests and people are going out and the experts are saying, oh, you know, the disease is not spreading because of the protests when there's thousands of people on the street, some of them not wearing masks. But then to say to a church like, yeah, if you have 50 people getting together at your church, that's dangerous and you can't do it. I mean, I understand the frustration and I understand how it would be easy for churches to think that the media and the government is hypocritical and, and wicked behind the scenes. So it makes me wonder if like as a church, whether like you're on staff or not, but yeah, maybe me focusing on staff, just stepping in and think like, does the Lord want me to like defend all the ways we we've come to do church, you know? Like, what are we defending? Like, what are we really standing for? Is the Lord calling us to do something else, you know, to change things up? Yeah, I think you're right. I think we do need to change things up, but I also think we need to go back to the basics and ask the question, what is our witness in the world? Like, what, what, what can we do? Let's not just ask the question of what can't we do? That's what everyone's focused on, what we can't do. Let's look at what we can do. Can we still preach the gospel even if we don't meet in a building? Yeah, we can. The church can do that. Every single one of us can preach the gospel. Can we still worship? Can we still do Bible studies? Yeah, we can. We can do all of these things. Yeah, I mean, it's important to meet in person, absolutely. But in this moment, can we do the things that we've always done? Yeah, we can. Is it a little bit harder to do them this way? Absolutely. But I think we have to adapt to this moment. There's this story, I think, in the New York Times recently that came out, an article talking about several churches that have been hubs for spreading COVID and churches opening back up, not taking proper precautions and procedures to ensure the virus doesn't spread. And yeah, it's just, it's a bad witness when these things happen. It's saying to the world, we don't care and we just want to do things the way that we've always done it. And I think if we're a church and we think that we can't do ministry unless things go back to the way they've always been, I think our vision is way too small and we have to adapt. We have to realize that God is calling us in this moment to step up to the plate and continue to do ministry, but in a way that looks different, in a way that you know might not be as fun for us or as engaging, but it's still possible. We, we just have to go the extra mile. I mean, that's exactly what Jesus says when he's talking to the Jewish people. And he's like, hey, so if the Roman government comes up to you and says, Hey, Jewish person, I want you to carry my armor for me for a mile. He says, what should you do? Carry it for two miles. Go the extra mile to show love and to show your witness in society. That's that's amazing. I mean, what's happening in that story? It's, it's the government, it's the Roman centurions inconveniencing the Jewish person and making life hard for them. You know, they're, they're benefiting at your expense. They're saying, hey, carry my armor for me so I don't have to. And what does Jesus say? He says, carry it two miles, go the extra mile. And I, I think that's the heart we need to have right now. You know, it's what Jesus says. 
right there on the Sermon on the Mount. He says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you and go the extra mile. The world is going through something that it's never gone through before. And it's looking to us, the church, and judging us based on how we're behaving in this moment. And the honest reality is there's going to be a lot of people's opinions about the church that are going to be forever changed based on how local churches and their community are acting and how the Christians they know in their family and their friend groups, how those Christians are responding to this moment. We, we have to go the extra mile, even when it's inconvenient. And I think we need to be willing to adapt and do ministry in ways that are different in this time. And I think if we do that, we'll be a light in the world. And I think that if we're focusing on our rights and liberties, and if that's our focus, just, you know, I'm an American and these are my rights. I mean, Jesus says, take up your cross and die to yourself and follow me. And a lot of times as a, as a Christ follower, it's going to mean laying down my rights and my liberties for the sake of the gospel. And I think that's really important to remember right now. I think you made an interesting point, just how the things that Jesus has called us to, like we can steal those, we can still do those things. Like we can still share the gospel. Like we can still do a Bible study. You know what I mean? It just seems like all the other extra stuff that we've done as a church and how we've grown up experiencing church is being shaken up. Thanks, Shavi. Thanks for having this conversation. Thanks to all you guys. I, I think to end this, Shavi, can you just share with us what you have been doing personally to cope with everything going on during this time? Personally, during this time, I've been going through Daniel and I think like a verse it's from chapter two it says the most high rules in the kingdom of men and i think that's been the thing that has like the lord has highlighted for me during this time just how how dependent we are in like on him like i feel like he's just reminding the whole world like how much we're not in control like our whole life like the whole world like it changed overnight it was on hold overnight like all our plans like disintegrated and that's wild like who has control over that you know and just seeing how how god is in control like how god changes the times and he rises up rulers and he puts them down so just thinking about how like i can make my own plans but they could change but it's just like for me like this time just like has magnified the Lord, just how he is in control. He rules. He created this world. He created me. He created us. Just seeing him again as our our creator and like how big he is, how powerful, how mighty. I think that's that's been my biggest takeaway. Wow, that's that's really good. That's awesome. Thanks for listening to The Good Voice Collective. This show was put together by The Good Lion interns, and our editor and executive producer is Aaron Salvato. We are a proud part of The Good Lion Podcast Network and CGN. You can find all our episodes and more great podcast content at their website, www.goodlion.io. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we hope it makes you think, leaves you encouraged, and helps you walk closer with Jesus. Thanks for joining us. 
It's our hope here at the Good Voice Collective that we can be a collective of Christ followers who use our voices for God's kingdom. We hope we've inspired you to use your voice for good.